Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? <laughs> mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today, I'm joined by Christy Yeh. She's a parent of two and a licensed marriage and family therapist who's been practicing in California for over 10 years. She currently works in school-based mental health as a wellness coordinator at a public elementary school. Christy has been passionate about self-care personally and professionally for many years, which led her to start her blog, ParentsSelfCare.com, and Instagram account, ParentsSelfCare focused on helping parents invest in their wellness. She's also the co-host of the Mental Mile podcast, which focuses on parenthood, wellness, and career. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tara. Today's modern mom problem is self-care for parents. You have dedicated your career in helping parents to practice it, and to help them grow on their wellness journey. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into that field. Absolutely. So I'm in California. I'm a mother of two, soon to be eight and soon to be five. I feel like we're very close to their birthdays. So I claim those older ages. And I started practicing years ago, working mostly with teens. And then as I became a parent myself, I really, as I've shared before, felt really confident that I would have my self-care covered because I'd been a practicing therapist for years at that time. I felt like I had this like inside secret information that therapists have about self-care and wellness. And it was going to help me so much as a parent. And I was just going to nail that. And then I had my daughter and it just, my idea of self-care imploded. All these practices that I had were so out of reach. I think the biggest thing for me is just staying connected to my friends. And I had no idea how much having an infant would impact that. I think I thought, oh, if I have a good friend that's 20 minutes away, we'll still see each other for coffee. And when you have a newborn, you won't, you know, and I had to get used to text messages or like, it felt like stealing little phone calls for five or 10 minutes during nap time and really just missing, missing my friends. And so I think that was the first part of just that rude awakening of motherhood and how things really had to completely shift with my self-care and my expectations had to change. And it was just a long process. It took me a couple years to sort of get my bearings. And then professionally, I ended up moving into um, school-based work, part of it being a parent and just liking that schedule as a working mom. And the thing that really drew me to that job is it wasn't just about providing individual therapy for these kids in school. The task of that job or really the vision was to provide support for the educators and the parents because we know the healthier the adults are in kids' lives, the healthier the kids show up at school, we're going to reduce our counseling list, and it has that trickle-down effect. And so between those two things, then COVID hit, the quarantine hit, I was (laughs) very depressed and I needed a creative outlet. And that was how uh, parent self-care started. I love it. I love it. If 
anyone that's familiar with her account or even my account, I share your work all the time. I probably share it almost, maybe not daily, but pretty close because everything really resonates with me. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I need more people to to see this and be talking about this and to to really like soak it up. So thank you for the work that you do because it's so important. Thank you. Do you think self-care is an overused term at this point? Okay. So I'm going to go with no. So there were certain times, yes. And I think as you, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, being online and being a digital creator and you start to follow accounts that do things that are similar to yours because you're inspired by them and you sort of get over flooded. And there's a lot of information out there and a lot of talk about self-care and it can feel very overused. And I say, yes, I guess, but also I'm glad that we're talking about it. I'd rather it be overused and us having a conversation around what does it really mean? Is this really the thing that's going to help? Is it more than bubble baths? I don't know. I've heard about it too much. Then be something where someone doesn't know what it means. I think it's really cool that as a therapist, this conversation I was having with my colleagues, you know, over 10 years ago is now something that parents are having, teachers are having, just people are having, people without kids. I follow different mental health therapists online that don't have a family and they're sharing self-care with the people they they work with or young professionals. And so I get it. I get how it can feel like that when your feed is sort of shoved full of self-care, but I also, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I I guess that does make sense because you know, I had recently, as part of my book, but then also a recent Instagram post, I was talking about self-care being an overused term and almost like a trope. But, you know, it's not just one thing. It's not just getting your nails done. It's not just taking a bubble bath. It may be, in what I say in, in the book there, was that, you know, it's saying no to negative people. It's saying no Absolutely. to things that don't fill your cup, you know. And so it's not just one particular thing. Do you think it's something that's attainable for all parents? Because I've also heard that self-care is more of a privileged nuance. And so tell me, like, what do you think about that? Sure. Well, I have lots of thoughts, so you're probably going to have to cut me off on this one. Totally fine. And as a therapist, I don't like to be blocked into, you know, the all or nothing. So you're going to get a lot of yes and no from me. But the answer is yes and no, right? So there's many self-care practices that are free, right? Whether it's a mindset. And I, if you follow my account, I focus a lot on self-compassion and mindfulness, which is really like tender thoughts or even tender touch. If you're doing a, a breathing or a meditation, putting your hand on your heart, it's connecting with friends. Um, it can be all those things that are, you know, free and accessible to people. But of course, I think there are those little things we want to work in as parents to keep us going day to day, but we want bigger things too, right? We want time to go out to a fun meal with our friends. You talked about the restorative nature of girls night out in your book, and it is so true. Or you want a weekend getaway with your partner, with your friends. That stuff takes more money, right? And childcare is expensive. So absolutely, like if you have more financial resources, a broader range of self-care practices are going to be available to you. But the big thing I wanted to just highlight is something I discovered through this account was the history of self-care. And there's a great article by Aisha Harris called The History of Self-Care. And you can look it up. And it talks about really the radical political roots of self-care, that it really was associated with the women's movement and with the civil rights movement. Marginalized people coming together to take care of themselves in these systems that were not setting them up for success, that were oppressing them. And so what sort of happened in like the 1990s is that sort of like the richer white 
mom yoga culture took over, right? And if you see a lot of the really successful influencers online and people of color will talk about, I don't feel comfortable going into a yoga studio, whether it's colors that I see, body shapes or different things like that. So mainstream, you know, white community sort of took that over. Then it became sort of what we know now, fitness culture, you know, bubble baths, spas, and things like that. But this article also talked about the increase in self-care becoming, as you said, almost an overused term was then again around 2016 through that really tumultuous presidential election because a broader range of people were feeling very overwhelmed by the divide in the country and what was happening in their country. And so then you'll see now, particularly where we've been with COVID and you talked about in your book with the social justice and Black Lives Matter and how much we've been through, there is a very political, radical nature of self-care as well. And I love that people in those marginalized groups are owning that for themselves and doing what they can with what they have to take care of themselves and sort of saying, I'm going to claim my joy. I'm going to claim my rest. You know, these are the things I'm going to do to take care of myself. So I just think that's something cool that we don't talk about as much. And I loved learning that. Yeah, I love that. I'm a huge history buff. So as soon as we jump off, I will absolutely look that up. Can you one more time tell me the author's name? Yes, Aisha Harris. It's on Slate.com, and it's just called The History of Self-Care. So it's an easy, easy lookup to remember. Absolutely. Super easy. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, you know all things self-care, right? You discuss all things self-care. So how can an overwhelmed parent, or maybe not an overwhelmed parent, but I would be hard to find a parent that's not currently overwhelmed, (laughs) (laughs) Like what tips can you provide for some of them to feel more grounded and more connected? Sure. Yeah. And I think like you said, and we talked about self-care really changes with the season of parenthood in general, right? And so I definitely feel like I'm out of that survival mode and things have expanded for me. But I I talk about nine different wellness categories and I'm not going to go into all of them because we don't need to do that. But what I, and the reason I talk about that is because I want people to know, right? It's more than just getting your nails done or things like that, which I love to do, but it's still more than that. So it might be working on your relationships. I think the big one we think of is our emotional wellness when we think of self-care. And then the physical self-care aspect, I think is really important for parents, particularly in the newer stages, which is sleep and rest, <laughs> moving from health, drinking enough water. If you're on medications, taking your medication, things like that, just the basics that are hard. So I say, you know, if you're really overwhelmed and burnt out, it's the foundational stuff. So it is making sure you're eating your meals and snacks and drinking water and trying to get those moments of rest and relaxation. And I think the big thing for me that I had to make peace with as a parent, because I love to sleep. I know for some people that's always been hard, but my natural state would be eight or nine hours a night. And that's not happening when I have two kids, right? So I had to sort of embrace that in the middle of the day, if I just shut my eyes for a few minutes and sort of let that sensory input from screens or whatever's going on with my kids go for a few minutes, that's rest. If I'm on the couch and I get a little bit of time to watch a show, that's rest. Relaxing activities can be rest because I I often stress myself out a lot about the number of hours I was missing of sleep because I was 
somebody that loves sleep. So I think it's finding those micro moments, right? Are those things you can do to take care of yourself? And like I said, mindset too, of just being kind to yourself. It's so easy when you're tired. It's harder to have flexible and kind thinking because we just don't have that much of a resource. But if you start planting those seeds around just being kind to yourself when you feel like you've made a mistake as a parent or your kids are being wild in public or whatever it is that you're going through, that is self-care, you know? So that's sort of what I think for the, the busy and overwhelmed parents. And then, you know, there's also that other category, Tara, where you say, hey, is self-care overused? And I say, you know, for a lot of parents, they still feel guilty taking care of themselves. So until parents don't feel guilty doing that, I'm going to say self-care isn't overused. So that might be the big barrier that you're working on with someone is getting them out of the mindset that a good parent, quote unquote, is always focused on their kid and doesn't take time for themselves. This episode of Modern Mom Probs is sponsored by Sambacol. Fall is right around the corner, and you know what that means. Cooler weather, layers, and of course, the kids are heading back to school. Did you check off all the items on that never-ending back-to-school list? New clothes, notebooks, pencils, brand new backpack, the kids want it all. But have you thought about how to help keep them healthy when they're heading back to school? That's where Sambacol comes in. My son and I recently started taking Sambacol every day to help support our immune systems so we could keep doing what we need to do. Sambacol is made from premium European black elderberries, which are natural sources of powerful antioxidants and key vitamins like A, C, and E. They help support a healthy immune system and help you power through your day. What's so great about Sambacol is they have tons of different ways to help your daily helping of black elderberry, like syrups, gummies, chewable tablets, drink powders, capsules, and more. They even have products made just for kids. My husband, my son, and I all take Sambacol. We love the gummies. We eat them right after dinner, but before we start the nighttime routine, it's sort of just like a nice little treat and a nice way to end the day. So make a healthy immune system part of your back-to-school strategy this year with Sambacol. My listeners get 15% off their next order of $9.99 or more at SambacolUSA.com by using my promo code MOMPROBS15 at checkout. That's 15% off your order of $9.99 or more at SambacallUSA.com. Use code MOMPROBS15 at checkout. Okay, here's a pro tip. Save this promo code and website address in your notes app. I know you're busy. Too busy to remember a promo code or to sort through episodes to find it again. Save it and use it when you have a few minutes to shop. The code again is MOMPROBS15 and the website is SambacallUSA.com. Yeah. Yeah. That that stupid mom guilt always creeps in (laughs) and then it's in the back of your mind and you're like, what? No, I deserve to do this. I work so hard. I am a human being. Yes. I want to dive deeper about the seasons of motherhood because you're right. Like when you have a newborn and a toddler, you are in survival mode. You know, you are in, like, if you're thinking about the Maslow hierarchy of needs, right, you're just trying to get through the day. You're trying to, like you said, eat, sleep, and and really keep the wheels on the bus, on the struggle bus. And and as your children get older, and you know, because your children are starting to get older, as children are, are wont to do, then more time frees up right? You're no longer in that survival mode. Your children may go to school full time. Right now it's the summer, but maybe they're in camp. You know, you do find time to yourself as they age in in a different way. So I want to speak about that a little bit too, because like I know that I find myself 
with more free time now than I did when I was younger. For me, unfortunately, I think I throw that into my work. And so I spend more time working than I would, you know, other things like maybe exercising or something like that. But I'm trying to get better about exercising. It's a new priority for me. I'm really trying to do it because I used to be very good about it. And then the pandemic happened and I just stopped altogether. So now I'm trying to come back to that because exercising is definitely self-care. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about like as your children age. Yeah. Well, as your children age, your time frees up. And for some people that's really exciting. And for some people it's really scary because so much of your identity has been around helping to nurture this child. And I, and I love to thinking about the idea of self-care is it's not just me, it's a balance of needs. And there's going to be times when your child demands more from you. That's when they're younger, when they're going through a big transition, maybe, you know, a loss has happened in the family, a mental health issue. There's going to be times when you pour more into your kids and that's absolutely okay. All I'm trying to do is build the habit of making sure that you don't completely forget about yourself and there's times you pour more into you. So for me, having more time, really the huge thing is I've been reading more and that helps me feel more like myself. I had no capacity for that. There's a reason why like your book is so great for the ages zero to two, because you don't have capacity, right? To pick up a book and read like a 30 page chapter. You can pick up a few pages here and there, or I would just scroll Facebook. I mean, I'm dating myself. Instagram wasn't even like the big app when my kids were feeding late at night because I had capacity for nothing else. And that's okay. But it sort of feels cool to reclaim that part of myself, that there's space for that. And then I say to whatever those things that made you feel sort of lit up as a kid. So I do a lot of my own art on parent self-care. And I love to draw as a kid. And I've always come back to that. And then I say the indicator of a really strong self-care plan for me is if I'm doing my tap dancing class with my friend who lives, you know, 30 minutes away from me because we both danced as kids. Her daughter dances at that studio and they have adult classes. So when, you know, when I'm like really rocking out with my self-care, I'm heading over there like eh, once a month because it's a, you know, 25 minute drive and that adds on extra time. But yeah, I just think, what are those things that brought you joy when you were younger? What is something that's going to bring you a sense of adventure really too as a parent? Because there's so much routine that we need to provide our kids. I think there's this feeling of wanting to just break free and have some fun and do something new. So those are some of the things I think about as you get more time. And then also just getting to pour back into your friendships, which just feels so freaking good to me. It really does. It really does. I also started reading a lot in the, like the last two weeks. Well, it's the summer and, you know, I feel like yes. summer often lends itself to summer reading and it just fills me with so much joy to like not pick up my phone and scroll Instagram, but like instead pick up a book. And even my husband's like, wow, you've been reading a lot. I'm like, I know it's great. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so happy. But it's true. I mean, you have to do the things that, not to sound cliche, but like spark joy, right? You can't always, like you said about the routine, like no joke, my day is the same thing every single day. Whether I want it to be or not, it is pretty much the, (laughs) the, the same. And those little things that can sort of disrupt that routine in a good way, you know, is that's the sort of stuff that I live for now. I'm like, oh, what could I do? You know, that like breaks up the monotony of, of how my, my days go. And I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling that way as well. Absolutely. And I do think back to some of those pivotal moments in motherhood and just having that friend who's walked that path a few years before you, you know, and just to say yes, like she said, do you want to come to the city and go to a book signing for this author? And she's a mom and she wrote a book of essays. And I would have never done that. And I said, 
Yes. Okay. And so it's great to like staying connected and having those connections helps you have new experiences with your friends or sort of see what's possible for you, particularly people that have kids that are a couple years older than you, I found is, is just so helpful. I feel like that's me. I, I'm that mom now because like yes. I said, my son is nine and a half and, and I feel like with my account and every the podcast and everything is like, I am that mom that is walking, you know, ahead of you that I'm, you know, several steps ahead or, you know, I've seen different things. I keep referring to myself as a veteran parent because, yes. you know, 10 years is a long time to be, it's a long be time. Doing this. Yeah. And I've that's been in right. this space for, you know, five years now. So half of yep the time has, you know, been within the parenting sphere, if you will. I don't know. Is it a sphere? Let's call it that. Why not? It's sure. I like it, it. Sure. It's a parenting sphere. So yeah, it's, I, I like the way that you said that about the, the friend walking ahead, because that's sort of where I'm at now. It's also funny that you said about a book signing, because later this afternoon, I'm also going to a book signing. I'm going by myself, but it's okay. I'm going to a book signing from the author, Jenny Molin, who she recently wrote this new book called City of Likes. It's about a mommy influencer. And I read it over the weekend. I couldn't put it down. And it was very, I mean, it's satire, but it was very relatable. Yes. (laughs) And and it was really interesting. So I highly recommend that book. So, well, I saw your live and I had it in my cart. It arrived yesterday and we have a little family vacation coming up this weekend. So it is coming, coming with me. But that's so fun, you know, it's just fun. fun. It's fun. I'm looking forward to meeting Jenny. I'm looking forward to, you know, picking her brain about it a little bit. I texted her yesterday saying I finished the book and it was amazing. And she was like, oh, I can't wait to hear your review, which (laughs) first of all, I'm totally like fangirling that, you know, know, all together. But in the same time, it's like, gosh, I have to like, you know, write a review about a mommy influencer being a mommy influencer. (laughs) So you are the person for the job. <laughs> it is very meta, but you are the person for the job, Tara. Yeah, I'm going to do that later on today. Or maybe I'll do it right, I don't know, right before I meet her. I don't know. I have to figure that out. But, you know, speaking of being a creator, you're a content creator. I'm a content creator. I am a content creator who suffers from burnout a lot, probably more than I should admit. And so I want to get your take on self-care for content creators. Yes. So I, you know, I think as my account has grown a bit, I've struggled with it more because when it started, you know, I had no idea what it would be or that people would resonate with it that way. And it is so much smaller than your account. But as you know, it takes a lot of work to maintain these accounts. And as I've started to think about, well, how do I want to be authentic, but also monetize some of the work that I'm doing. It's that balance between things that I know will help me consistently grow and reach more people and share my message. And then things that are good for me, because I still work, I would say part-time, but I work full-time during the school year and I'm off for the summer. And I am not at the point where I'd have somebody helping me with any of this, right? So it's all me. And I want to maintain the fun that it started with. And so I've noticed over this year as my work changed, I'm doing better at just taking a weekend off if it doesn't feel right. Or if I had something planned, even if I have a blog that I'm really excited about and I want to write it, but my partner wants to watch a movie after the kids go to bed, I'm going to lean into that. And I think sometimes this space can get you to like, I don't know, just sort of wiggle around your values a little bit. And I have to be really vigilant around coming back. And it's a joke, but it's real of, you know, I can't even believe I thought 
you know, is it movie time with my partner or is it time to write my blog? Particularly as the world's opened up more. When we were in the beginning of quarantine in that first year, anything that made me feel creative and alive really felt so valuable. But our life is bigger now, wonderfully so, (laughs) thankfully Mm -hmm. so. And so I just think I've been thinking more about how much it demands Instagram or, you know, being online and what's sustainable for me. And it's not always sustainable. And that has come up more, I think, as Instagram has turned more towards being a TikTok versus being a photo sharing app. I've noticed that's been more challenging. You have taken the words right out of my mouth. Like you <laughs> suck them right out of my brain because that's exactly okay. how I know you have. You really took okay. But you say them so much more eloquently than I do. So thank you for that, Christy. No, but but I I agree a thousand percent. And and I've been having so many conversations with my husband lately about, you know, pulling back a bit and reevaluating my values and how I feel about the platform, about all of this. And and just yesterday in the car, we we were driving back from the beach and he was saying, He's like, you know, but you have to stick with your message and like, why, why are you doing it? Why did you start it? What keeps you going? And it can't just be the constant, like, you know, feeder pellet dopamine hit of, you know, posting content and getting this and that. And so he's like, you have to really remember the why. And and that is very helpful because it's not all just, you know, content that's going to like get likes. It's not all just monetizing things. It's the the helping people, which is why I started it in the first place, right? I actually started my account to make friends, similar to how you were saying about your one friend who lives 30 minutes away and you call her on the phone. I started my account when my son was three and I lived in New York City and we did not have a lot of friends and really any friends. And so, which is weird because you would think like, well, it's a huge city. You'd think that you'd like know people, but we went to the park every day and we didn't really have many play dates. We had play dates that were like, we met people there, but nothing that was like enduring that you would exchange numbers and see them again. And so I was lonely and I started the account sort of for self-care, right? It was a creative outlet. I wanted to make memes and Canva had just really come out at that point. And so I was making things on Canva. This was 2016. So Instagram was like just starting to take off. And so- that was my form of self-care. And then now, God, look how far we've come so many years later, right? But the thing about being a content creator and and self-care too is, I mean, I could talk about this for three hours at a clip. So this would turn into like a super long (laughs) podcast, but there's so much that goes into it, right? I mean, it's the you want to express your creativity. You want to connect with like-minded people. You want to get your message out there. You want to be supportive. But then on the same time, from a mental health standpoint, it's really hard to deal with negative comments, trolls, people fighting in the comments, you know, all of those things that go, go into it. And then not to mention the algorithm changes. And then you're like, but what's going on here? I, you know, I can't quite put my finger on it. And so you can't, you know, based your self-worth on a free app on your phone. And so 
I think a big thing for me as far as self-care is just walking away from my phone sometimes or walking away at least from from Instagram. And I and I have to tell myself that because the app is designed to be addictive. The app is designed sure. for you to scroll it like a slot machine. But yeah. you know, when when I find myself doing that, I know I'm not being kind to myself and I need to just put it away and then go be present with my son, go be present with my husband, I don't know, hang out with my cats, literally do just about yes. anything else. And yep. I I'm sure that I'm not alone in feeling that as a digital creator. No, no, not at all. And I think it's funny as a creator, right? You even find yourself doing that. And I think when you can be more mindful and catch yourself scrolling, that's huge because it's when we're not aware that it really, really gets away from us. And then when I'm in that moment, I can ask myself, do I just need some more mindless scrolling time? Because I might, some days I do, or do I want to do something different? But yeah, it's really interesting as a therapist too, and thinking about what what kind of values do I want to show my clients, you know, and trying to just remain authentic to yourself and not getting too too sucked in. So I'm glad you can relate. Yes, I absolutely can. Like I said, I can talk about it for three hours at a clip and, and Lord knows that I often do with my husband and he's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, he's my best friend. So he's yeah. the one that I talk to this kind of That's that, right. you know, talk about with him. So it's it's fine. He, he understands. He respects it. Yeah. And also I've been doing it so long now that, you know, he's used to me <laughs> talking. It's about part it. of your work. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's all part of it. But also too, you know, in the last two years since the pandemic, things have really changed. And I think that's part of my gripe too, is that, you know, I'm stuck in like the old way and I'm like, but it's different. And now, you know, it's, it's challenging or not that it's challenging. It's just, it's just different. It's just changed. It's different. And so it's just a matter of sort of coming to terms with that and then, you know, dealing with that the best way that I can. And, you know, it's funny what you were, you mentioned before about like knowing what you should be doing. And I often say that to my husband, it's like, I know what I need to be doing for work, but I don't necessarily want to be doing that. And so I think it's part of my like coming to terms with being okay with knowing what I should want to do, what I actually feel comfortable in wanting to do, and then just being making peace with that. Does that make sense? And some sort of compromise. Yes, absolutely. Because like, do I know that I should be making TikToks every day or reels every day? Yes. Do I want to be doing that? Absolutely not. And so that's my form of self-care. To, to bring yes, it right back yes. to self-care. What's your self-care, Tara? Not making TikToks every day. That's, that's right. There you go. So <laughs> your recent practice that's bringing you joy. I know. And I think there's some stuff that is better communicated via video format, but not all of it. And so I still do my drawings that bring me so much joy and it gets like so much less engagement than it did before. But I'm like, this is for me too. And I you know? love your drawings. If any, I mean, I love your videos as well, but I love, there's something so special and precious about your illustrations. And so keep doing those because I love them. And yeah, the audience, I go into my, too. go into my flow state and I love it. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still keeping it up because that feels authentic to me. And really at the, at the bottom of this, like, don't you want to do things that make you happy? You know, in addition to getting your message out and and teaching parents more about self-care. I want to ask you about your book, too. I know you have a book. Oh, sure. Yes. During the pandemic, I self-published a book. It's called Self-Care 101, Self-Care Inspiration for Busy Parents. So you can find, like, in 
either in my book or parentselfcare.com. It's really similar information, but I am a very visual person. And so I put together a lot of like my main blogs around the nine different wellness categories, the four biggest barriers to self-care, including guilt, and also how to create tiny sustainable habits and a lot of mindfulness and self-compassion practices. And because I'm so visual, my podcast partner had a mom friend. I love it. Moms can do it all. It makes me think of Mary because I know I, I know you used her for your book, who did her illustrations for her book. And I loved it. And I said, I would love for her to do that for me. So I actually did not illustrate my book for this. I knew I wanted someone with a real training in graphic design and just the visuals. It's very pastel. It's similar to my feed. If you see it online, the visual for me is very soothing. So I love that. And that's available on Barnes and Noble. You can get it as an ebook on my website. And it's just a really easy way to look through everything. But if you want lots of good free information, you can get it on my blog too, because part of me putting out stuff to serve people is I don't always like to sign up for a newsletter to get something worthwhile. So I have a newsletter and all of that, but there's tons of stuff you can get for free on there too. I love it. I love it. It is. It's very soothing. It's like purple and pastel-y. It's, it's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. So Christy Gay, tell everyone where we can find you and how we could you know keep in touch. Well, thank you. And as much as I talked about my love-hate relationship with Instagram, that's where I am most of the time. I'm at Parent Self-Care on Instagram. It's the easiest place to reach me. And then it just head to my blog at parentselfcare.com and that's linked to everything. So those are the two places where I am. I love it. And if we want to listen to the podcast, where can we listen to The Mental Mile? The Mental Mile on Apple or anywhere you get your podcast, but all of that will be there on the Parent Self-Care website. Awesome. Christy, thank you so much for being here today. I'm such a huge fan of yours and all of the work that you do. So keep it up. Thank you so much, Sharon. Thank you for being so supportive of so many moms and different content creators online. It is much appreciated. We feel it. Oh, you're welcome. That, that's the whole thing about Modern Mom Probs is that I always want to shed a light on talented, creative people. And so uh, I'm glad that, that it, it's working. <laughs> it's working. Yes. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.